daughter. Well, I don't know if her name. We're talking about TV New Zealand series uh, <laughs> after the oh, party. Yeah. We started our little Christmas episode here. <laughs> hey, your plant is not good. No, it's it's self um, rejuvenating. Yeah, it's coming back. It just I don't know what happened. Maybe it got, I think it got overwatered actually at one point. Um, it's kind of like the excuse, like when you're in the job interview and they go, what do you, would you say your flaws on? You're like, I care too much. I just feel sometimes I work too hard. You know, I feel it's, I have this dinosaur genius syndrome. I feel the pain of everyone. No, more than likely one of us watered it and then somebody else did too, but it, it is, um, much oh, like Hawks Bay, you like this segue, making a comeback. Making a comeback. Oh, I think my uh, ice cock just finally broke. <laughs> my ice cock broke um, a minute ago, and now it's easy to drink. So, once again, cheers. cheers. And uh, so far, so good with Phase of Our Lives. This is our crazy, crazy Christmas mm-hmm. episode, where we're calling it, because uh, it's been a while since you and I have caught up. One on one, just solo. Like it's been a while, and that's that's why I decided to bring you a a, a Christmas present, a, a Christmas gin and tonic. Yeah, with a um, big ice dick in it. It was a big ice dick because it wasn't actually listener in the shape of a dick. It was a very clever. No, package. see, you misheard me. I said ice stick. I ice stick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, that's sorry. It's like fish di- fish sticks. It's like fish sticks, but um, no. So I had this clever thing, w- w- like a cone, like a plastic cone with a lid on it and you fill it with water and you put it in your freezer and then you can put it into into tall drinks i get the concept completely it's It's just when the ice stick (laughs) goes down your throat when you try to take your first sip and these are long glasses too what if you had like what if you had like a little short um cocktail glass then it would then then the ice would go in your eye i think it'd be hit you in the eye (laughs) um but Anyway, um, but I did feel like I needed to bring you a gift because you know, um, this has been a ride. It's been pretty good so far. Yeah. I think like really happy with the uh, the sort of rebranding and yeah. the uh, the uh, the refocus on Hawks Bay and not just wine. Um, though we uh, we might uh, open a wine today. Who knows? Um, Looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, but the one thing we haven't been able to do is outside of a couple of quick intros uh is to catch up one-on-one and yeah. just shoot the shit a little bit and uh but first i thought what we could do is uh start to look back on uh some of the things we recorded because we've got some really good ones in there you know it's we have have you been have you did you actually make a plan for this podcast it sounds like you made notes and you had a, some kind of structure. I, I I wrote a few things down I wanted to talk about, but I didn't really do a structure. No, I'm prepared. I I do show prep, you know. No, I don't really. As you can tell by my uh, panicky way I set up the audio all the time. But um, here's the thing, listener. What you don't understand is that um, Dan and I will message and I'll go right. Like I'll I'll be there at like nine thirty. Um, and we'll kick off, and that'll give us like forty-five minutes to get the <laughs> um, the microphones to work before our guest gets here. Um, Dan Blessum is an extremely talented winemaker, uh, uh, host, um, dad, husband, 
Um, he's also very good tech-wise. Ish. Built websites and things, you know, like that's his, that's his gig, but can he get two microphones to sync up on his laptop? <laughs> Let alone three. Let alone three microphones. Um, that That's... Like, well, if we you, get there's there's a sweat that, that arrives. I'll tell you what, if we get um, some sponsorship, or if mm. even if uh, Wine Friends slash Decibel Wines has a hell of a 2024, then we're going to be getting some uh, a mixer, a, a different mixer. I would say this is per <laughs> you know about this, but it would be cool to have a slightly different setup. Though with your um, uh, keep going to phallic symbols, but with your big pink microphone yeah. you probably could have two uh, easily have two guests on that microphone um so i'm not afraid to do it but um yeah it's just uh we're getting there slowly but surely we're getting there slowly and um yeah listener i do have a, a very big pink microphone only because that was the only color they had at Nolimang dan enough already it's it's, it's going to be commented yeah. it's going to be commented on by every guest from now on so you might as well just keep talking about it but it is a good microphone i would say for yeah. for this kind of podcasty type of stuff and it's kind of fun like this we this podcasty kind of thing like when we cuz we've been doing it a year almost yeah. a year to the day yeah. pretty much mm. and you know we started out with Y&D and that was great we had some amazing guests and that was cool and then you know this kind of refocus to just not just wine people or drinks people just great people that we know and that that we or that we want to meet you know that live in Hawke's Bay or that have some kind of Hawke's Bay connection um it's been so great gosh I've had some good conversations yeah I think uh from me I don't I still don't know hardly anybody in in New Zealand yeah, and Hawks Bay. Absolutely. That's what I actually the part of the the podcast I was not expecting but I sort of rely on you for is as our booking agent for the for the show. 20% is uh <laughs> yes, once the other 80 comes in I'll let you know. <laughs> um is that uh you know, I got to meet a lot more people that probably walk by this shop all the time. Uh and I I think I know that there's a lot of really interesting and funny people like Andy comes to mind right away. Like that oh, guy's great and he's a gem Mr. and like, I, I'm not, I shouldn't say I'm not as surprised. His story is so funny and cool. and I love talking to that guy, but I was more, um, surprised by say Daryl, who's mm, actually our DLT. current and, and to know that that dude is right up the road. Same with like, I know Richard Brimmer. I've known him for years. Uh, that was great to get his story out there. Uh, it was great to um, to speak with you know we got we haven't aired it yet but we have Oz Clark coming up uh, which is going to be really in cool. My house. Yeah, that was crazy. We, that was our first on location yeah. uh, base of our lives. Uh, with an I actually actual ha- celebrity like an actual like full on international <laughs> star. Uh, yeah, you know I have a funny story about that because just this well it was two weekends ago I mentioned to somebody that. Yeah, we had Oz Clark on, and this is somebody we both know said this to me. They said, uh, they go, oh, you know, he's just full of shit, right? <gasps> and I said, I said, the he's, he, he's like, you know, everything, he's always, you know, he's an actor. He's, and I'm like, yeah, he's an actor. Yeah, they act. <laughs> exactly. That's what they do. They tell lies. Yes. I was like, and then they were like, they kind of did a 180. They were like, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, like. <laughs> 
like it's pretend, you know. It's a somebody we both know pretty well. It's one of my good friends, but yeah, I just thought it was hilarious because I'm like, yeah, they're actors. Yeah, so Oscar, actor, TV presenter, wine um, shaman. You know, like he is a guru. He is incredible. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I do pour quite deep Tom G and T's sauce, babes. Um, But yeah. That's his thing. So he loves wine so much. He is so incredibly knowledgeable about wine from all over the world. He has amazing stories about wine, but he has amazing stories full stop. And the the reason that he's so good at telling those stories is because he's a trained actor. Yeah, yeah. He's, he has no, he's a entertaining. way of being entertaining. That's Listen, why it's on the telly, folks. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's engaging, entertaining. Like now, granted, books. he did come in. Uh, and people, this, well, this, what we're doing now will air after this, uh, maybe, but he did come in half in the bag, which was hilarious. Like he had been out at wineries all day and, uh, yes. Yeah. The wheels are greased for us when he showed up. (laughs) Um, so that was great. Um, but no, it's been, it's been a a bit of a ride already. I am going to go for, uh, some of my notes here. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved I love talking to, um, you know, Fiona Fraser. She was great. I love getting that, you know. Well, now I see her thing. everywhere. She's which... everywhere. I know. She's ubiquitous. It's, But she has these great stories of, you know, media. Yes. Media, darling. Media. Yes. And all the crazy things that go on behind the scenes when you're editing women's magazines. and But also great insights into living with an, a New Zealander who's also a internationally famous and incredibly busy touring musician yeah you know her husband scotty you know fat freeze drop who i ran into like three weeks He's, after that again, episode once you meet them they're everywhere yeah yeah um and i mean the episode hasn't aired yet but when it does it's just delicious the the wonderful jamie mcphail you know oh, yeah, small yeah. hall sessions um well he later. he really got my wheels spinning and i have ideas i want to talk to him about mm. about Maybe doing some gigs next year and stuff and You'll collaborating. I'm probably not going to sing. Um, I was thinking more <laughs> providing wine, maybe, or something like that. Oh, good. Um, but, I, you know, he just, he's a guy who's, uh, you know, passionate about what he does. And, and he's a key, he's kind of a key dude in Hawks Bay. Certainly has been over the last 10, 12 years as far as having some great music come through. And, uh, I'm not sure why he, if there's any other reason he does, he certainly doesn't do it for financial reasons. He does it because no. he loves, loves music. And, mm. uh, you know, there's that whole thing about, I didn't realize he worked at, you know, in the, for a music label back mm. in the day. So yeah, ex record company dude. He's, uh, that, that'll be, that's probably the last one we recorded before this. Right? Yeah. 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 So, um, but also, you know, Kevin, um, I mean, Daryl Thompson, who's our artist at the moment, um, he was incredible, but with you know the painter um, Josh Lancaster, yeah, you know ex advertising Ponsonby, you know dude, that in that nineties early two thousand, he was funny too, crazy whirlwind of when people still had expense accounts and stuff, and when it was when ad guys were ad guys, and and now he's in Hawke's Bay and he's and he's the most his painting talent is incredible. That was cool. Um, Chris Hyde, I see walk by like every day now because he works right across the street. But he had some tremendous stories, and um, I saw Chris Hyde this morning. He's somebody I won't like. There are moments in that 
that chat with him that I yeah. uh, I won't ever forget mm. of him talking about, which I was, you know, I've probably never really talked to a real person who's been part of like a serious tragedy and and disaster. All, a disaster who who like uh, you know was really really living it at the time and with the staff and trying to do the right thing and all that and being so new to it being mm. the editor of the local newspaper Hawks Bay today having built up a, uh, a repertoire of stories having structured a newspaper for this supposedly oncoming disaster creating the newspaper creating the front page story, doing all of that, and then the disaster, Cyclone Gabriel, being so bad yeah. that when it hit, we couldn't even get that newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> they printed it up in Auckland and we couldn't even get it. We didn't even know. He couldn't even get into his building. Yeah, that was the one that killed me. You was know, like, so Jesus he and his Christ. reporters are trying to get into the newspaper building so that they can communicate because that's what a newspaper does is everything and they couldn't get in there blew my mind so that looks you know we got to look into 2024 now mm. which is and who we're going to get i'm going to have to speak to our booking agent see if we could try <laughs> to get some more women on the show i mean we have a sexist booking agent <laughs> well, no, well hold on we had alina we did have elena, elena she was, was great amazing so alina camper she's 22 she's this Freakishly clever, mm. super skilled young woman, and and who has chosen, thankfully, thank God, she's chosen to be a winemaker. You know, yeah. No, she's other, got a like, long career. Whatever she ends up doing, uh, hopefully, she stays you know, in wine. Wins the New Zealand um, Winemaker of the Year um, trophy. Youngest person ever to take it out, and had literally only been out of school a couple of weeks. So. And she was hilarious. And yeah, she was she's great. cool. She's, you know, she's somebody who'd like, you might just call up and come back on with somebody else and shoot mm. the shit. You know, she was really cool. Yeah, but no, definitely more women. I think that's a good, um, I think it's a good thing. But, you know, um, women are busy. Damn. Yeah, you're right. They're just getting shit done like you getting do. shit done. I know. We don't have time to faff around on yeah. podcasts. Women don't like to talk much, <laughs> you know. Now, now. <laughs> Um, so Christmas is coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, um, I just re- looked down at my notes and started laughing because I wrote Dan's high horse airing out the laundry. It's warm outside. Finally, let's air out the musty shit. What's the musty shit? I don't. I, I don't know. What do we got to get off our chests? You know what I mean? What are we sick of? You know? I'm sick of. Speaking of chests, I'm, I my favorite bra, the underwire, poked through. The, oh, um, the fabric uh, mm. when I was driving. <laughs> it's lucky you didn't crash, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is not expected. Mm. That is painful. Mm. They don't blunt the ends of those things. So that was an issue. Something I can't really relate to. I've worn no. a bra a couple times. Yeah, but mostly it's, for it's costumes. Fun. Once for fun. So that was murky. Um, okay. Um, nothing. In the world of politics, you want to go over anything? I will oh, say that. Let me let me just say this about the Gaza? current. Yeah, yeah. Oh, geez, let's go there and solve that problem. <laughs> let's uh, try to figure that out. Do you know what? I think I was on the way here, Dan, on, in my car. I was listening to 
uh, Jesse Mulligan talked to an Australian reporter who's just written a book about um, grace and being able to appreciate the grace in other people and being able to think about the where you find real beauty you know in in this world because it's a cluster frick out there there's so much and and i find myself guilty of this you know just kind of sitting thinking what's the point sometimes yeah of course i think god can i just get old and die can i this is all too much my i can't cope with it i literally think what's ahead for my family what am i going to do with my life what where is humanity going it's all too much you know as i'm as it's like 5 30 in the morning and i'm scrolling through twitter bad idea x or whatever it's called but anyway this interview was really amazing because she this reporter was saying look you know as a as a journalist we are you know this whole year we've been exposed to you know fires and famine and and um war and disasters and death and and plagues and you know <laughs> everything and that's been her job is reporting on all of that but in amongst all of this there is the, there's the beauty thing that keeps Sp- us going speaking of which i think some beauty just walked in the door Oh my gosh, it's Dave from Fun Buns over the road with the Oh tunnels. my god. Just just hold the line caller on that thought. We've just oh. had a delicious drink brought to us by Dave at um, Fun Buns across the road, which is when you come to Hastings, you must go to Fun Buns on Hedatonga Street for the best bow that you will ever try and gorgeous crispy chicken. Dave, come up to the microphone. Come, yeah, come. Tell Comes us what, what you have here. What, you what's, have. What's, what's in this drink? Uh, so it's a cheeky, closer, closer. cheeky little um, Christmas-influenced number. I've used the uh, Woodford Double Oak with a little um, fig and date orange peel syrup I'm that we make on site. A little malic acid and some soda, and that's that's your jobby. So a real a real chemist. A real chemist. Well, I do like, my best, you know. You keep is, you guys hydrated, although this is the sound of of and. And I must say, a perfect um, ice cube. Yeah. Unlike all, all hand cut by my fair hand. Alana just, Alana, <laughs> Yvonne <laughs> just tried to give us a uh, a big ice dick to the eye. She had one of those. Things, I'll show but... you the ice mold that I bought because I wasn't sure if we would come, if, if we would get to see you. So oh, that's delicious. It's a long <laughs> conical thing which you fill with water and you freeze. Now right, it's a bit long. Okay, listener, the look on Dave's face is uh, like, Yvonne, what else do you do with this? Well, you have to come back on uh, when you're not about to open your restaurant and, uh, and have a, a longer chat. Bring Nick over, too, if we can get him out of there. I got you. I got you covered. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, Dave. Yes. The holiday spirit is with us. The holiday spirit. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness, this drink is gorgeous. It's actually really, really good. Mm. Mm. Now, I have to say, sometimes I've listened Refreshing. to podcasts where they're drinking a lot, like on a podcast, and I didn't like it as much as other episodes, but being on this side of it, I really do like it a lot. Pretty good, eh? <laughs> so, all you people out there listening that are not liking the fact that we're drinking, sorry. No, but there it doesn't is, happen very often, though. I thought we did a good balance going back to the Y&D days of yeah. uh, not overdoing it with the wine tasting because it's really hard to it's interesting to talk about wine and place and brands and all that kind of stuff but it is hard to get across it can be a, bit, a wine oh, yeah oh, yeah oh, it can, <laughs> when you're eh? when you're not um when you're not part of it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean it's like smelling it, and drinking it yourself it's like the old days where my dad used to say you know you know you've got a great face for radio <laughs> and i used to go thanks Dead? Yeah, yeah, and they'd be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> oh. um, so you know, talking about flavors and and drinks and things when you're actually in an audio format, are yes. you a little bit pleased? It's a bit shit. A little bit. It's a bit shit. We don't want to be shit. Um, well, that's our. It's why we've evolved. You know because, what I mean? What, because we're not a bit shit. We're we're a little less shit. We're a little less shit than we were. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, well, back on topic yes, though, airing on. airing out the uh, so, the laundry. Yeah, but, but back to the thing, yeah. So she was like saying, Good, "I'm a reporter, and we have to report on stuff." But I thought the thing that actually keeps human beings going is um, thinking about the grace and the joy and the Absolutely. crazy, gorgeous, wonderful things that do happen in the world. And I just thought, yeah, that's a little bit woo woo, a little bit kind of touchy feely, but it's true. It is true. It's yeah. it's why you know, like I, uh, you you look at what your passions are in life mm. and what gets you through. Like you're obviously, as much as I love wine and winemaking, like it's not oh. what you know. I, thankfully, I have a job I love and all that, but it's not actually at the end of the day. Mm. It's more about hanging out, family, friends. It's this. Like I actually yeah. was thinking the other day, uh, and I just did a post on. I think the it's called LinkedIn. Lincoln oh, didn't. Lincoln didn't. That, you know, we all have hobbies, and that's kind of what, you know, what you enjoy and what you do. And it's this podcast is actually, because I've always, you know, I was doing the podcast, some version of it for a long time, because it's literally like eating at me, you know, 10 years ago or whenever when I started. I was like, I have to do this because I feel like I want to do it. And it is like a little bit of a hobby, kind of like the audio part of it, and the yeah. And now I have finally have somebody I get to talk to but all the time. Like, yeah, it just, and it's just like Which raw is, with. Yeah, so um, and a local who can finally show me around because yes. I am the dissident immigrant. Um, well, you know, we the the thing is, I would just see you out there, all alone. Yeah, sans sans friends. Thankfully, I have an and, expat wife as well, I, you know. <laughs> and I just thought something has to be done. Yeah. You know? This guy's really lost. This guy's really lost. <laughs> I I have had Kiwis, men and women, both tell me at parties, you shouldn't talk that way. <laughs> and I'm like... Okay, you didn't see that because you're a, you're a listener, but I might eyes popped out of their sockets like what well i don't have a filter around like i think uh sometimes uh new zealand men 
have a filter around women. Right. And I don't have a filter. But then they'll get hammered and they'll do something like so absurd. But I just talk to you. I talk to other, you know, the same way. And I'll say, I don't know, things about ice ice sticks. Ice sticks. (laughs) And uh, on a microphone or whatever at a party in front of a few other people. and Or at a wine tasting or something. People are trying to curb your enthusiasm. Thank you. Yeah. One of my favorites, by the way. And... uh, yeah, and I think it's because there, you know, there's like a little bit of a, I don't know. I feel like Kiwis sometimes want to be English, mm, you know, too polite, maybe. Well, when they're sober, <laughs> you're going to the wrong parties, Dan. Well, at least, I think you're going to the wrong parties. Yeah, or maybe the wrong people were coming to my parties. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they are. Mm. Um, but yes, I mean, the the thing is, okay, here's here's a revelation. So back in I want to say 2014, the beginning of 2014, um, I caved under pressure and from friends of mine and had a reading. Oh, oh, like a palm like a, reading or no, like a like a psychic, like a card, like a tarot dude cards? came to my house and it's a dude. That's dude. rare. Yeah, and he was a um, you know middle-aged white guy. Yeah, it was just a Joe average person had like a job i know a guy like this i'll get to him in a second but he had this thing he was a medium a medium psychic well which one is he clairvoyant clairvoyant okay who who sees shit sees shit for you know in in the future but also sees um your the people around you or spirits i don't actually know properly what he was but he's like and he just kind of listened to a few things, said some quite freaky things about um, old, you know, late relatives of mine, which there's no, and, and, and old school friends of mine that there's no way he could have known because wow. he was a middle-aged white dude from Christchurch who had no connection to my schooling. Maybe he just was thing. like, but he, maybe it was the white part. Maybe he's like, this, this white, this white bitch. We share a connection. This white bitch. <laughs> I know <laughs> all about her. <laughs> she loves. Um, no, but what he did say is he goes, there's a communication, there's a thing, there's like this method of communication, there's a, um, I want to say, it's like a, it's like a, I'm seeing the word P, P and pod, P pod, P pod, you know, there's a method of communication and one day you're going to do it. One day there's this, you know, this thing and you're just going to be able to, you're just going to find some friends and you're just going to talk about stuff and you're going to really enjoy it. Really? like, what? Really? I mean, podcasts were obviously a thing then. Yeah, yeah. But in my kind of, I'm listening to this dude really intently trying to figure out yeah. what he knows, and it, and I didn't click that he meant podcasting or anything like that. Wow. I thought he was like, there's some communication tool, there's some way of getting, you know, messages out there. And maybe you know, he knew like, he I knew I did a podcast, and then it. he knew you knew me, and it was like eventually she's gonna to leech her way on to. on to Dan's podcast. <laughs> I am going to somehow finagle my way onto Dan's podcast. But, but you know, after that, when I learned more about podcasts, I was like, yeah, that'd be really fun. But, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where um, you have all the technical kind of know-how. Ish. Ish. Microphone stand. Mixer yeah. stand. Um, you can just say I decibel can, Dan. I That's can it. yarn with the best of them. But um, I didn't kind of know how. So this is great. And... Uh, yeah, I just think it's uh, people just can. I don't encourage anyone to just give this a go. Did you 
when I first contacted you, did you know this is what I was going to ask you about? Remember I said I have an idea and I want to talk to you about it? No. No. I, do you know, to be fair, and here's the thing, and, I, and this is me being a jaded old hack. Because <laughs> I am. I'm just a ropey old root sack at the end of the day. I thought that you were going to ask me to write a story about you oh, for a magazine or something. Now or I'm you were gonna really like offended. Ask me to like help you with some PR or something. Uh, That's kind of what I thought. And I, I was would like, never. Yeah, no, I w- you obviously don't know. Now you know me I better. Know you, yeah, yeah, I totally do. But, but do, I, I do get asked. You probably that get asked that sometimes. I could see and that. And so I thought, okay, fine. If you haven't figured um, this out, I will tell you a s- secret about me. I don't care that much. <laughs> I mean, like, I want to work hard and I want to do stuff, but like, if it means any kind, again, this is probably going back to speaking with Daryl, which I really liked about his sort of righteousness. Yeah, is like I don't ever care that much to sacrifice any kind of reputational or the way I'm going to feel when I go to sleep at night. Yeah. I just don't care that much. I don't know why I never have. I really want to make cool shit and I yeah. want to like do it. But like if somebody said, and I'll put myself in weird situations and all that, but if somebody said like you, you know, you have to be like super nice to the queen or something, I just, I honestly would like, all right, I'm not going to be like a dick to her, but I'm also like, I'll probably laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I maybe not it, the queens of it. I don't but know. But she's dead. Bless. Um, but, but it's like, I guess it's similar to, you know, if you get asked, uh, I mean, I don't know what kind of, I mean, in terms of jobs you've had in the past, I know you've managed bands, I know you've worked in restaurants, you obviously have. Drove a forklift. You drove a forklift, okay, but have you ever worked for like a corporate company? Oh, very briefly, it was so funny, like, it was like. And they want you to wear, and the clothes they want you to wear, and. Even though you're not even public, even facing. like a warehouse, corporate warehouse, mm. I was like laughed a lot because I would like raise my hand and be like, say the opposite thing of like, what do you think you should do if you get in this situation again? You know, like to the whole room, you know, and I'd be like, uh, probably call the CEO and tell them that it's all fucked up, you know, and they're like, no, don't do that. Like, <laughs> of course not, dude. Like, did not last long in any kind of, but then again, I was in Philly, and even corporate situations in Philly, they but get in fist fights. You to wear you know? like a button-up polo. Shirt I've never worked and, in that. And chinos and never stuff. worked in. It's why I didn't stay in in uh, any kind of politics. Like I studied. What, what do you mean you didn't stay? Well, I worked. I I studied um, uh, political science and philosophy in uni, right? Okay, say more. And I went and I worked in the EU as for a parliament member. Uh, the, uh, in Brussels. Brussels? Yeah. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, sh- no, that's Brussels. not. Arnold's from Austria. Uh, yeah, Jean-Claude is oh, from Brussels. Yes. Sorry, God. Can we edit that? That's okay. Oh, no, I can't believe I can... Higher kick. Higher kick. Higher kick and much more flexible. Yes, very Cheers. flexible. Mm-hmm. And if you want to Google a great meme, check out his dance moves. Um, there's some good... Okay. I think it's from one of his 80s 90s movies but anyway i went to go work for and i really like found it fascinating and everything and i really appreciate that time but i was like i could never do this like button up every day and like and really 
Well, no, no, like go to committee meetings in Strasbourg and in Brussels. And like, like I was like there as a research assistant and I would, I, I was there to learn. I, I've loved what I learned. I love history and I loved mm. the dynamics of, of all, everything going on there. But I couldn't be in that game like of, because there's so much bullshit. Like, Dan, this is quite deep. I had no idea about this. Oh, I thought I knew this. No. Yeah, yeah. So you were in Brussels, like in the in the ninety seven. I was there. Politicsy ambassadorial sort of. I worked for this guy named Michael Tappan. He was a member of European Parliament out of Staffordshire and one of us. I don't know some other place in the UK, in in England. He was an ex footballer. He liked to get on the cocktails a little bit. Uh, but I did work for two amazing yeah. women there. Uh, Sherilyn Humphreys, big shout out to her. She Sherilyn. was. Sherilyn. Now that's a name that you don't hear. She was Welsh, and she to this day is the most badass woman I've ever worked for. She had five children, and she knew everything about everything in the EU. Okay. And uh, I just f- found it amazing to work for her. But the button, you know, the suit and tie, and the, but that was less of it. I don't mind somebody who gets like dressed up. That's cool. But the the pomp and circumstance of the like, oh, here comes a German commissioner and be quiet in the hallway and and you know you don't go talk to her because you know I'm like See, she's I just a person. The German High Commissioner and I came to some event. I would like to see people having fun in their jobs. I would like people to high five me as I went down the corridor. You know, German yeah, commissioner. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, tung. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you almost said the other thing. You don't want to say that. No, well, there is no other thing. Um, but that's. I think there are little. There are smaller people that that make um, that make rules. That yeah, yeah, they kind of. Well, that, that's exactly what happened when I was I was doing a research paper on the enlargement of the European Union, which is now, you know, hey Ukraine, uh, mm. it's kind of in the news these days because it's basically was NATO expanding, and coming up to the Russian border, and the wall had fallen by then, so it was very much all. It was pre-Euro as well, so it was like, what's going to happen with mm. the EU? And uh, I just contacted this commissioner i think he was from spain this is how informal it was to me but you picked up the phone or you i just e- email it was like early email days mm. too mm. so it was probably email or i called their office i was like hey i want to talk to this guy because he's apparently on the committee for da 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 and they were like okay and i'm like yeah i work at michael tappan's office and, da, da. and but it was for my own personal <laughs> research paper <laughs> And, Dan. and so Hustling. I get this meeting and I'm sitting there with this guy for like a, probably about less than 10 minutes. And he goes, in so many words, a very nice man. He goes like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What, what are yeah. we doing here? And I was like, I was oh, sorry. I, I thought I had a half hour with you. I'm, I'm Daniel. And, da, da, da. and he was like, this is great. He thought it was great. He was like, oh, he was in on it. So he, 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 he was, was like, how, he goes, yeah, yeah. He was like, I thought we were going to have this serious, like this was because yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you were, <laughs> you know, you had, you know, and of course the U S like wields a lot of power in, in, in the, the EU, the Marshall plan and all that, that started the whole European uh, community, blah, blah, blah. And so he was like, ah, oh, and he just relaxed for a second, and he was just like, oh, this is great. So what are you doing? What are you trying to re- figure out? What are you Love trying it. to research and everything? Love it. And uh, I think that that's better anyway. But um, So essentially, you're just, you know, 
You don't want to sell out. You don't want to sell out. Be true to yourself. I can't. I don't know. It's not. Oh. It doesn't matter that much to me. Do you know what? Yeah, it, but you can. I would sell up though. No. Sell up <laughs> for sure. Oh, but it's a funny game though, isn't it? You know, in this life, sometimes you do have to suck a few things up. I'm not saying there's not like compromise or mm. something made here or there, but and I'm not like somebody who. I think if you know you know me on, enough now that I wouldn't do that. You know, I don't, don't play the game. You don't play the game. Well, I would get frustrated with say when I worked with the bands. You probably had this experience too, where there would be guys and be like, "Oh, this fucking band or these guys," and they'd be jealous of them. And I'm like, "Dude, they're playing the game. You don't want you don't want to play the game. That's fine. Don't be disappointed when they're not going to just come down yeah. to your you know to whatever you're doing." Mm. Mm, and the complain. fans are going to find you and all that. Like, you got to do a little of both. Like, if you yeah. think Kurt Cobain wasn't playing the game, you're crazy. Yeah. He wrote pop songs. He knew what he was writing. Yeah. And and he was great at it, and he still remained to his true self. That's why his idol was Michael Stipe and R.E.M., because they were like, they did it. They did. They remained credible and indie but they still had huge success you know great interview with michael stipe on smartless oh yeah yeah so I haven't, I haven't heard it yet you must listen to it oh no i think i've heard this in the first part of it try and listen to it because it is i mean michael stipe I, I have fun. i told you my michael stipe experience i want to hear it because i'm a huge fan okay so we're talking um mid mid 90s no maybe maybe 1994 1995 somewhere around there um, REM came to New Zealand and played, I think it might have been um, Western Springs or Mount Smart. I forget. I don't even know. But they... You were wasted, dude. No, I wasn't because <laughs> I was a nerd. And anywho. Okay, sir. <laughs> but they played and then they... Um, there was some other gig at the power station in mm. um, Mount Eden. And I went to the power station and... There, was, there were bands there, and it was great. And there was a little back bar where if you were a VIP, uh-huh. or, or if you were in the industry, yes. um, you might get let into the back bar. And in the back bar, and lo, who doth be there but Michael Stipe? But they were on the gig. No. Oh. They just, they just came after their gig. They were just So someone oh. from their record company had bought them. This is my recollection. A little bit, fa- little bit fuzzy. I mean, Ariam would not play the power station. Yeah, I was just going to... Well, I, I was mean, wondering honestly, what was... I mean, I love the power station. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But they're a bigger band. No, they're a, I mean, they were a stadium band by that point. Yeah. So the, and I was wearing this blue... Uh, no, a green glittery top that I bought from the Hastings St. Vincent de Paul, Warren Street check it yeah um and you know when i was in high school and i and it was great it was the most it was the coolest kind of glittery top because it would only glitter in certain light so you'd walk you'd walk around and it might look black and then you'd go under a certain light Ta-da! Mm. green glitter and michael stipe tapped me on my shoulder and was like i love your t-shirt can i have your t-shirt and I went, oh, I'm really sorry, but I know I love my teacher. Nice. I didn't Held your ground. Held your ground. I didn't give it to him. And he laughed, and it was cool, and then I didn't see him again. He probably would have wore that at Glastonbury. He totally next. would have fitted yeah, it. Yeah, it would have yeah. been baggy on him. He was tiny. Yeah, he is tiny dude. Um, tiny dude. But um, 
but anyway, but yeah, back to his story. Amazing, um, great story on huge on, influence on, on um, yeah on the Smartless podcast. Um, oh, I was going to talk about. Hold it, hear that? Yeah, sorry. Um, I did have in my notes other podcasts that mm. I I um, yeah, you, yeah. you know Smartless obviously gigantic. Um, they I will say they're hit or miss with me on a couple like oh, a lot the, you know. Yeah. So Maybe it's guest driven, or I don't know what it is. I'm not interested in the sports people. Oh, I don't even remember what oh, sports, they have people, sports people. They sports people on sometimes footballers and stuff, and and I well, I, sometimes I see their names because maybe they're footballers or basketballers that have crossed over into movies or whatever. I would say this: the reason why I first started listening because those three guys are really funny. They're delicious. But sometimes, if it's and it could you know sometimes if it's not like. Paul, the Paul Simon one I loved, by the way, yeah. or somebody like mind blowing for them. It can just be four big people all talking and you're like, I kind of lost it all yeah. on the, the yeah. thing yeah. now. When you get like Biden or, um, you know, Beyonce or something. I don't know. Has she been on? Okay. Was Biden on there? Yeah. Joe Biden or Hunter? No, Graham <laughs> Biden. <laughs> Graham Biden, the writer. On... No, oh. I'm Joe Biden. I didn't even know he was on there. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, you're right. Some, some are hit and miss, but it's the dynamic between the... So the, I, um, I, I wrote down two that I thought... Yeah, tell uh, me. What are your two? Uh, that this audience might like. Uh, one is... Uh, oh, we got a, one of our street peeps out here. Uh, one is um, a podcast called Are You Garbage? And it's two Philly comedians, and it has blown up in the last year... But I've known about these two comedians for Making a, a long time. One guy's no. Foley or whatever. I can't remember their their names, but I've known, you know, they're just in the touring US comedian yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and I've seen them on other stuff. But they had this podcast called Are You Garbage? And it's basically they have on usually another comedian, but they do like a stand up thing too together where yeah. they just crowd work the show the crowd. And they ask Love people a bit of crowd work. I think um, Kiwis would mind. really like this show. Because we kind of talk about this on this show too, where it's like they go, you know, they bring up something from your childhood, like I don't know, did you, could you not afford regular orange juice, so you had, yeah. a, you had orange drink, yeah, in yeah, your yeah. in your fridge, and did you always want to do ballet, but you could only afford to do gymnastics? Yeah, you know, that's yeah. actually highbrow for this. They're like, you know, I said it's Kevin Ryan and someone called H. Foley? Foley, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, and they're... Oh, they had Tom Segura on Oh, they have huge, really huge guests. Oh, I didn't even know this. They're so funny, and they go into, mm. like, you know, your childhood. Jay Okerson? Yeah, Jay Big Jay is great. Yeah, huh. I've met him before. He's a great guy. He's a Philly guy, too. Okay. Um, but they, uh, <laughs> they, so I would really recommend that. Be, and go back deep, like, a year or two ago and listen, because they're, they're, they're just great, and they have the real Philly accent, too. Yeah. Like if Pitch. you got tell us the Philly accent, say something to us in a real Philly accent. Uh, okay, yeah, you see the East game last night. I don't know. Did you see it? Because uh, I thought you know the running backs were just terrible. And uh, coach, I don't know what fucking his problem is, but he, I don't know. You know, that's the Philly accent, and that's the way they talk. Um, that's so Miravista. They say water, you know, and things water, like that. Look water. at these people in the water, you know. And we did find out through there was a. 911 call I could go into this whole thing that Philly is the only place where lady the word lady is an insult what? like you go listen lady oh, you know lady. Oh, then it's all in the tone yeah. it's all in the tone um, so that's that's the one podcast I would for fun for funny 
Love it. So now, I'm look it up. Now, if you're inside. into the, um, you know, true crime, murderino type stuff, I'm not as much into that. But I did. I read a story or I saw something random about it, and then I was like, "Oh, this is one." Is there is a? Uh, it was about this girl who I think her father was like on his deathbed or something like that. What's it, hold on, what's a cold fist? It's called. It's part of a series, but it's called My Fugitive Dad. My Fugitive Dad. And she finds out like he's about to die, and he's like, "I robbed a bank like 50 years ago." And I and that's she's like she could never figure out why he didn't want to go to France with them, and because he couldn't get a passport, obviously, and he had this whole other life, and she has to go back and find him. And there's like a like a a state U.S. marshal who's like that was his cold case of his lifetime, Mm. and he's dead now, and the Mm. son is on there. Like my dad was obsessed. They're not leaving him alone. No, no, no. He was like the dad was obsessed with the dead. He's passed away. That was his like ultimate cold case, but the the guy who robbed the bank, mm-hmm. I think he's dead now. I haven't gotten there. It's only like this is happening right now. This podcast. It's right. like two episodes in. I think the third one gets released next week. Okay. Okay. So here's my thing with this. All right. So you're telling me she's his daughter. Yep. And on his deathbed, he says, "Honey, come here. Come closer. Yeah. Closer. I robbed a bank. Yeah. And and I kept it secret." For 50 years. For 50 years. I just had to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, oh, I'm going to make a podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he died first, I think. So she made oh, sure okay. that he, he, <laughs> he didn't have to go to prison on his deathbed or something. As far as I can tell, that's what's where it's going. But I think I the it. podcast is more about like, why did this guy do this? Why did he do it? And then, oh, no, no, no. Don't spoil it. Well, I don't think I'm spoiling much, but... It's, I don't know that much. It's like two I episodes mean, why, in. Why do people rob a bank? Desperation. For the money. For the money. Because <laughs> they need lots of money. Yeah. and But his is really weird. He did it. He was like 20 years old. He was the bank vault security guy. Okay. I'm not giving anything away like to no, the real no. part. But I, I'm, I'm hooked in. I'm like, oh, when's the And I went to go listen to the third one today. I'm like, why isn't it working? I'm like, oh, it comes out next week. They got me. It sucks when it happens. Oh. So that's... That's yeah. that's the other one I would check well, out. Well, do you know I'm gonna hark back with with my my podcast loves. I'm gonna hark back to what you said earlier about you know when that when when times are tough and you're getting and things are really down. You know what do you? Wow, you're gonna really make me seem shallow now no, for no, my two picks. No, what are the things that make you feel good? What are the things that get you through stuff? And um, you know, when when all the when the chaos and carnage is going on in, in, in my life, mm-hmm. which thankfully doesn't happen too often, but it, you know it has had occasionally, um, humor and hardcore, her, horrendously pants sweatingly funny comedy is is what I just hoover at Absolutely. that time, and it just gets me through. Um, so you may be aware of the um, the podcast. My dad wrote a porno. I've heard of it. I've never heard. I've never listened to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to almost be sick with laughter, mm. you must listen to this podcast. And it's been going for about. I've, I I first heard about it almost seven years ago. It's it's old, right? It's been going for a long time. I'm very curious because I've heard about yeah. porno before, but I've never actually seen it's one. A word, it's a shortening of a word. 
the the long word is pornography. Ah. I, know, I know. I don't understand it either. But but so when people say the word Catholic boy a, here, you know, a Presbyterian. I don't yeah. Know. Um. But so my dad wrote a porno. I mean, all the listeners will be like, "Oh yeah, I know what that is." So, but just to give you, Dan, it's a U.S. based one. Or? No, English. So essentially, there's this um, there's this young man and his his father who has had a life of being like a you know a sales rep and stuff. Um, very normal Joe average um, English dad um, retires and is like, right, well, what am I going to do now that I'm retired? And it was about the same time as um, Fifty Shades of Grey came out, and he'd read twenty years ago. The book or the movie? The the, whatever, the book, the the hype, the phenomenon, the phenomenon. Yeah, you know the juggernaut that is Fifty Shades of Grey came out, and this this guy's dad had heard somewhere or read somewhere that this woman was making this massive fortune of this erotic literature. Uh huh. And so this guy's dad goes. Right. Well, I've always fancied myself as a writer, and if if I can, maybe I'll maybe I'll make my fortune, and decides to start writing a a, a work of erotic fiction. Okay. Um, and writes his first book, and gives it to his son, who's sort of in the um, in the sort of media producing world, and is and, and is a writer himself. Gives it to his son and says, "Here you go, son. <laughs> I've written a thing. You're in the, you know. I, I'd like to know what you give think. me some notes. Give me some notes. Which, by the way, is disgusting. So, well, <laughs> so anyway, um, one of the hosts starts reading his father's book and is like, "Oh no, no, no. Yeah, I must read this to my two best friends. Yeah. And so he gets his two best friends around, Alice and and um." And Jamie and uh, James and the premise is Jamie reads a chapter every episode of this book, which is called Belinda Blinked. And right. you cannot harmless title. I, cannot, I, I won't go any further because you just have to listen to the podcast first. Because this is a very straight English man writing what he thinks is erotica, and it is the funniest doubling over sick to your stomach, pants-wettingly hilarious thing. You cannot listen to this on public transport. You cannot listen to this in a plane. You cannot well, thankfully, New Zealand this. doesn't have much public but, transport. But, you know, so you that know. was so years and it built up this, it was the biggest podcast in the world. Like, it was massive, all over the globe. And they would have celebrities guest-starring on the kind of wrap-up, you know, episodes and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And, but now they've re-released the unheard footage and the highlights and things. So... Um, so it was only like a couple seasons or eight years or seven eight years, years. Oh. long time. Well, I guess yeah, the, and it just lots we of chapters. Get yeah, and because and because the the guys um, the father who had a, a nom de plume of Rocky Flintstone, so no one ever found out his real name. Uh huh. Um, Rocky, Rocky Flintstone, Flintstone realized that there was this worldwide um, addiction to his work mm. through the podcast that he just had to keep on writing more books. More, you know, mm. more volumes of the Belinda Blake. Do they sell story. the book too? Oh yes, you can buy the. It's oh. a whole thing. You can buy the book. I bet. But the highlights are just the best, and yeah, so that, that has kept me going for a long time. Um, a Kiwi podcast, New Zealand Today, by comedian Guy Williams, and it's a TV show on TV Three. But okay. the podcast is um, just the most. 
um, I don't know, how do I, how do I describe it? It's a visceral kind of insight into how uh, New Ze- the, how middle New Zealand works and the personalities involved and New Zealand today is it's that called it? New Zealand Today, NZJ, New Zealand Today. And Guy Williams is the host and he has an incredible uh, team around him. Um, a, a you know, director called Matt. He has, you know, he but Guy does his own research and his, one of his co hosts is this amazing Karen woman called Karen. Karen Hill. Karen formerly of Stokes Valley but now of Christchurch. And she is hard nuts. She's the woman of the oh, I know this guy. Wax, yeah, he's fine. Um, um, character. It's just it's inspirational. There's advice. There's um, oh, you know, there's like the Marty bomb scare guy. You just you listen to it, and if you want, if you man steals from, monkey from a zoo. Man steals monkey from a zoo. Um, there's the bit about the the um, the gnome getting sucked out of the truck and then back into the truck. Uh, on the Rimataka Hill, I, I can't even explain. It is the it brings me so much joy. Okay, I love that. Um, so New Zealand Today, if you want an insight, if you're listening from overseas and you want an insight into New Zealand culture, the the rawness, then listen to that. And um, what else do I really love? I'm ah oh, like Uncanny. Do you listen to Uncanny? It's like a supernatural English. Yeah, podcast. I've kind of really think I know crazy. it. Crazy. So you go into the um, the supernatural a little bit, a little, bit, little yeah, a little ghost. I mean, I've known to ghost the odd person. What about like the alien <laughs> stuff? Do you like do? You, well, they have alien stuff on Uncanny, so it's mm. not just ghost stories. It's alien encounters. Seems too. to be ramping up lately. Like we're Is gonna, like we're gonna. Did you get the thing about the aliens? And was it in Brazil or something? Or yeah, that? yeah. It wasn't real. They were polystyrene, surely. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about they all that. Can't have been. I mean, the one thing that I will. I don't. Uh, this this is my take on the alien UFO thing. Is I, I don't know about any uh, skinny people with big eyes and all that. I, that always seems to be bullshit and all that. Mm. But there's too many pilots and too many ex-military and everything. Are like I've seen just too much shit out there. And what I what I don't know. I considering what we can do and what has been done. Like why would it be out of the realm of possibility that there are some things out there that we don't know about it. You're not telling me anything. I'm not agreeing. With yeah, yeah. So, I think uh, you know, you talk to any pilot, and they're like, "I, I don't know what the hell that was. I saw, but you know, I don't." Here's here's a take. You know, when you see um, when you see TV programs about people that are delicious ghost- drink, by the way, Dave. Just another drink. shout out. It is still. Going. It's almost gone for me. Um, you know when you see TV programs about hunting for ghosts. And haunted houses, the worst. And things. All of that, they're terrible. Yeah. But they all seem to have this, like, oh, there's a streak of light. There's yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. There's like a little um, luminescent, darting ball of light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe it is. Who knows? But if you're, who's to say that if you are that it, it, those darting balls of light and things couldn't necessarily also be replicated in larger uh, um a lot of times things. it is like the quality of the video yeah, and, totally uh, but, but, and the light and but let's say it's a pl- you know um a, a spaceship or a, or a plane or, or full of people that you know the plane might have 
you know, crashed and killed everyone. But that, that there's a big old dart that's still flying around in the sky, a ghost plane, a mm. ghost ship or something that, that a pilot sees or a person sees. It's, it's just like, like the nose of the plane still flying in totally. orbit. Okay. I don't know. It's just that. I thought I, you were going to go even somewhere else where um, – uh, I would. Do you know Ray Bradbury, the writer? R A E Bradbury. R A Y Ray Bradbury. He had like a television show, the Ray Bradbury stories, yeah. like in the seventies, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Names, names ringing bells. He had amazing. Ringing. He had some of my favorite short stories okay. of all time. Probably some have made it more than than his weird little mm. show. Mm. I mean, it was like the seventies. TV wasn't quite as Not what it is now. Stuff. Ish. Sort of. Ish. Okay. He he always had more sci-fi. Oh yeah. Then, then, okay. which Twilight Zone was kind of sci- yeah, pretty yeah, sci-fi, pretty you know, sci-fi. but sometimes it was like pretty, you know, sometimes it was like weirder mm. stuff that would happen. But anyway, I, saw Twilight Zone way I would say it's sci-fi, but I, I agree. But he, um, so anyway, he had this one story that I don't, as far as I know, has never been turned into any one of those episodes. And it always, to me, seem to be as good as an explanation as any religion, any alien thing, anything like that. And all he was, I have to, I have to find the story again. Cause I do think about it from time to time. He was like, there were like these little bits of light somewhere in orbit. It was like, I think it was an astronaut and he was mm-hmm. like in free space or something. Space was, yeah, probably. And he kind of like, but attached with the umbilical, because something like yeah. that. And he got taken in and, and, and it was just like these bits of light that were talking to each other, or t- talking to him and his brain and this and that. And he and they were, and he was like kind of asking what they are. And it was, and they were like, um, "Well, this is just what we've evolved to and everything." And I'm like, "That seems like as good as answers anything." That's I have to just find what we've evolved. Yeah, kind of like you know, it was like a instead of a spirit, it was kind of this this ball of light. Yeah. They wow. seem they seem quite happy in the story if it means anything, you know. Do you know, what, I, you know, if that's what happens and we end up being balls of light, mm. happy. Yep. Yep. That's all good. So, um, I think we've, I, th- I think, you know, we're coming into Christmas. Mm. Hearing a lot of Christmassy things. Always on. weird for me in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, I bet I bet it's weird because you you would normally be in the in the snowy, you know, um, sleigh bells in the snow. Walking through the main just the street. cold and the dark at four o'clock is of, yeah the cold the dark at four o'clock that's like the sign of the time of the year mm, you know what I mean mm. and eggnog and scarves and hats and all, all that, that stuff brown liquor mm. which we just had some of anyway we, we kind of did um, do you have a Christmas album or a Christmas song that means anything oh. to you. Well, yeah, what's your, what were you brought up on? Like, or what's your? Well, there's two. There's probably two. The one that will immediately make me think of uh, home is the Andy Williams Christmas album, oh. which is very classic. There's a few on there that are uh, Happy Holidays is the one that really makes me laugh, and as it's always been a bit of a joke with our family um, because it is just like completely. Andy not, Williams. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, Moon River, Andy Williams. Yep, yeah. Yep. Um, and that always... But it is a really good album. Like, he's got, like, I they're all not, hits. I'm not saying it's, it's not. It's like 10 Christmas hits from the 60s. Kind bangers. Of bangers. Uh, I think it was a big hit with my mom and her siblings and stuff, so it's just sort of carried on. 
the one that I listen to every year, and we just listen to it because we put up a little tree with the girls, is the, I almost said Greg Giraldi, the uh, comedian, is the, I'll tell you in one second, is, it's the Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, Charlie Brown um, Christmas. The, um, so if you just, the Vince Giraldi trio, I always forget his name. Vince Giraldi trio. And he, okay. that whole album, it's just instrumentals. Okay. But, man, yeah. is it great? It just sounds good, feels good. It's not overwhelming. It just kind of goes, oh, yeah, that's Christmas. And uh, there's something kind of old school about it. But it's, again, it's not like, like Andy Williams is like full on. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I must say I have a real soft spot for uh, Dean Dean Martin too. Anything he's ever done, I get a little. Bing Crosby gets a little bit much for me. It just makes me laugh too much, you know. White <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> you know. I um, do you know what? When I was growing up, like my um, my mum was big into music, and it was almost embarrassingly so when I was when I was young. Because I'd be walking home from school and she'd be home and we could hear the stereo blaring <laughs> like way up the street and be like, oh my God, what is mum listening to now? But um, my mum was really young, like super young. So she was into kind of cool things. Like I remember, you know, I'd be walking home from school and there'd be like um, Dolly Parton's Islands in the Stream with Kenny Rogers like roaring down the street. Or she'd get the new um, Solid Gold Hits compilation and there'd be kate bush babushka you uh-huh. know like great song yeah screaming down the street so christmas time though my mum was obsessed with the carpenters christmas oh. hey karen carpenter hell, oh, of, a, hell of a musician and singer tell you mm-hmm. what as kids we just never got tired of it it was the biggest i'm thing. not even sure i'm sure i know it some the of the greatest songs. christmas record and it, it's weird because it all, I, I want to name one song, but it's quite tricky because all the songs blend just kinda in. Goes, it's just kind of goes. this continuum. That's a good Christmas album. This yeah. amazing Carpenter's Christmas. Um, I remember loving one song so much. It had like all these crazy percussion. Because she was a great drummer. She's an amazing Incredible drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Percussionist. Crazy percussion and, and also bells and and violins and it was just like this rousing kind of you know symphonic tune i remember taking this tune and using it for um a um a floor routine for my gymnastics okay. floor routine when i was like oh, a no. christmas floor routine but it was a christmas floor routine i think i might have been i want to say maybe 12 yeah 12 okay and tear the whole room <laughs> at the competition as soon as this because everyone has the same sort of songs yeah yeah and I'm like, fuck it yeah i'm yeah. gonna you know bust the mold and you know whip out this incredibly crazy rousing carpenter's christmas tune that's my <laughs> routine <laughs> and and it was great i didn't win but you won the hearts i won the hearts and minds and souls and the applause was thunderous yeah because they all loved it almost as thunderous as my fall when i didn't quite make (laughs) the somersault at the end of my tumble but that's okay um yeah but but yeah the carpenter's christmas was the one for me for sure um johnny cash yeah that's a good one it's a good one yeah 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 i know it 
Um, I can't remember any others. Um, well, there's actually. Oh, I love a reggae Christmas. I do love a reggae Christmas. Yeah, I think that probably fits New Zealand more too. <laughs> um, oh, James Brown. Oh yeah, that's a great. James I have a buddy who is is all he. Uh, my, shout out Get to down. Mike Okapinski at the uh, the Community Tap in South Carolina. His favorite all time Christmas album was the James Brown, James Brown Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would always play that. Yeah, he's he's uh, that's a legit album too, mm-hmm. and it's just very James Brown too. There's no there's no mistaking no. And but there's even even in the most stressiest Christmas times mm. when your brandy snacks are a bit flaccid. You know, maybe when you can, <laughs> the pavlova's dropped. Yeah. Um, maybe the um, the ham glaze has kind of fossilized, you know, um, solidified in the pan. Well, let me let me be clear Bust about my Christmas experiences in New Zealand. Is I love it. I okay. I uh, I know there's a lot of Kiwis who yearn for the uh, white Christmas mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, and this time of year and da da da. And I, but I, I mean, I wasn't somebody who gets terribly stressed out, but you definitely feel it that time of year. And I mean, f- like Philly or the Northeast in the U.S., just like the traffic and the shopping and the and the keeping up with the Joneses and all that. So I've been liberated in two ways. One is I'm an immigrant, and there's not this pressure from the family. And then also New Zealand doesn't really care about that, and so it's like. My kids, we just don't have to, there's no thing like all the kids in school want this gift or this thing, you know, we just, and particularly the school my kid goes to, um, it's, so it's like, it's really easy and just nice and it's just a day off when we barbecue or we go to the beach and it's easy, you know, so it's, and I, I was texting with friends back home on our little WhatsApp group and they were all like, damn, (laughs) like I wish. How dare you have it so easy? Yeah. Christmas and Hollis. Oh yeah, I'm that's a that's, that's a good, a good one. Song. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but that's all right. Well, I have to um, use the loo real quick, so I'm going to pause us and then we're going to okay. come back because these cocktails are getting to Cocktail. me. These Christmas cocktails. Oh my god. Oh, are you recording? I am, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, I might not keep all the bag uh, <laughs> bag opening. And I'll get that because I managed to skip lunch today. Are you right there? What have, did you manage to get some nuts? I got some nuts figs, and and figs. figs and nuts. Nuts and figs. That's good. Uh, and we've oh. opened 2013 Decibel Pinot Noir from Martinborough. So 2013... Amazing vintage in Hawke's Bay. What was it like in Martinborough? Fantastic. Yeah? Pretty sure the whole country. I don't remember hearing if Otago had any struggles that year, but I'm pretty sure it mm. was. It was exciting. Well, after two crap vintages, it's kind of what we're hoping for this year. <laughs> <laughs> but this is 10 years old. So I know. how much of this do you still have floating around? A little bit? A little bit. There's a little bit in the U.S. Mm-hmm stacked in a basement somewhere but it was uh, like I said every so many vintages you start understanding things and 
I would be lying if I said it had most to do. If it, it, I would be lying if it wasn't mo- saying it wasn't mostly to do with the, the vintage. But, I mean, here's the thing. It's a 14% alcohol pinot, but it doesn't taste hot. It doesn't, like, the alcohol's totally kind of knitted together. So we're having a bit of a nerdy moment, um, listener. So this is the Decibel 2013 pinot. Was, is this your first solo No, pinot? so I did one. I made pinot in 09, but didn't release it. It was just Because like, you were working at Paratour. No, I was at still... At this time, or you just finished? Just started. Right, just started at After Paratour. that vintage, I was at Unison, that harvest. Oh. But I was going back and forth to Martinborough. So here's the thing, full-time work, but also making, knowing full well that you wanted to have your own brand one day. So I made wine in 10, 11, or Pinot in 10, 11. 12 I never released. It was so small anyway. And 13 I was like, all right, let's get serious. So this comes from a, a vineyard on uh, New York Street. It smells like um. And here's, a, here's another secret. Rubos tea, that's South African tea. Here's a secret. Okay. What I always try to do in my life is surround myself with other players. Players with a Z. And the player involved here, who was kind of a great guy, and people knew who he was, and I, he came highly recommended, but he wasn't quite the player mm-hmm. he is today, is Guy McMaster, who's at Palliser. Oh. Okay. So he ran... I was struggling the, to get the word out. Gold, that guy. Yeah, he's a... lot a, of time for him. Legend... Great guy, really patient, and we had met through Chris Reed, uh, I guess kind of throughout Tarangi as well, and uh, he, um, what the hell just happened there? That was weird. Hopefully it's still recording. Uh, guy McMasters are talking about from, oh, I know what happened, is it picked up my phone for some reason. Lesson learned. Oh, okay. So, um, have but we anyway, not been recording? No, no, we were, oh. we were. Oops. We'll fix it in post. Um <laughs> <laughs> Plus, we were just talking about me and my wine anyway. Uh, but he, yeah, he ran the vineyard that year, ran it uh, organically, and we just kind of took he what we had. Was He was with Erlar then. We made this wine at Erlar. So, um, yeah, great dude. And uh, that's that was all I knew at that stage was work well, with somebody else good, you know. Do you know, yeah, he's amazing. And um, and I loved him when he was with Erlar, did amazing, made amazing wines for them. And now he's at Palliser and Palliser Wines. I mean, they were, they were great before him, but there's a whole different level now that um, guys... I feel there. like I can, I can be honest about this. Palliser is one of the wines that got me to New Zealand. Like, oh, I tasted those wines in the iconic. early... Like, but then I just feel like they were sort of just leveled for a while like good he's but taken them to a different level he's taken them totally has somewhere else yeah 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 and um, and organic too yeah yep yeah. yeah. and growing all the time with their organic um program which is great i hosted in um at toast martinborough the toast martinborough festival which was this year the, this year which was on the 18th 18th 19th i think of november um Walked down to Palliser and hosted a Palliser masterclass kind of tasting with Guy in the groovy little room off yep. set from their cellar door. Man, we had some laughs. He's so such a, good. Such a good dude. Like, just funny, but also knows his stuff. You you can't stump him. No. There's no, no wine question that he can't automatically answer or bluff his way through incredibly convincingly. Probably everything he's ever told me has been, uh, you know, complete bullshit. But I don't <laughs> care because he sounds so clever when he's talking. And he's funny. 
He's a good dude. He's a good dude. He was on, uh, I did that, you, you can find this out there somewhere, the podcast I did for New Zealand Wine Growers when we were trying to do Pinot 2021. Oh, yeah, COVID. And then Pinot 22. No, 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 it's kind of lurching away. Will we ever have another Pinot Festival? We are. So. Oh, really? I've pre-registered, yeah. I think it's 25. Oh, or 24. I'm a bit behind. Sorry, listener. I think it's 25. Mm. So I've registered. I've already gotten my first bill for it. So right. trust me, it's happening. <laughs> but so if, if there are, yeah, if there are any wine peeps out there, mm. I would say that is the benchmark wine event. It's the Olympics of Pinot. Yeah. It's the. Um, but it's also really well done. Yeah, it's super cool. Really well funded. Great guests. That's where I first uh, met like Elaine Chuka, Elaine Chuka Brown yeah. and like. Um, the Pinot people from South America and Europe, and you just meet uh, Jancis Robinson I met yeah. there, you know. All the heavy hitters mm. come to New Zealand for Pinot Conference. But it's not just it's not just sitting around in a conference hall no, no, wanging about Pinot. Yeah, there's tastings, there's all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's also loads of other things. You can, like, what did we do the other year? Um, there was a... Um, like a, a bombing contest off the Wellington waterfront, you know, <laughs> into, you know, so it was like all these crazy flash famous wine people stripping down to their underwear and leaping off the wharf, you know, of, of Wellington because it was Wellington on a good day, which you can't Yeah, be. we did get a couple of those and then yeah, we got yeah, a couple yeah. other days there. And great food and great bands and it's it's all a little bit kind of gorgeously loose and cowboyish mm. but incredibly well put together so yeah big um big ups to the um pinot conference organizers they're always amazing but um yeah speaking of amazing how amazing is um your wife being in terms of organizing your christmas and everything for the girls is she on the present buying we're both we're we're both on it though um she definitely uh leads the charge as does her aunt her aunt really rosangela rosangela (laughs) <laughs> who has a shopping obsession and lives in Milan. Well, she lives in Monza, if you know, if any of you F1 fans out there. Oh, Monza, okay. There's a huge race there every year around this big castle, and, and she lives there, which is sort of halfway between, which is why it has a lot of money. It's halfway between Milano and um, Lake Como. And she buys amazing presents. She was. She's a single woman. Never yeah. married. Love aunts like that. Yeah, and obsessed with her nieces and nephews. Yeah, and we get, I will say this, having just been away with some friends and brought some of her amazing Parmigiano that she sends us in the mail, like giant triangles of Parmigiano that wow. like you look at the price tag on it and you go, and you, when oh, you- she leaves the price tag on? Clever. Yeah. And you know what you pay for what you pay for mm. one a tenth of the size mm. in New World for good Parmigiano, and you go, God damn, the Italians do it right, don't God. they? Actually, this brings up something interesting. I have I want to get your opinion on it. My cousin, who also lives in Italy, okay. he said one time in a in a conversation, like just offhand, he just said this, and it went on and went on to continue. He said, "Oh, I was doing this thing, and I was at this or having this meal." And then they brought out the Parmigiano, and then he just turned and said, which is the greatest cheese in the world? Mm. And then he went back into his thing, and I, he just kept going. And I, 
and I thought about it for a second. And I've thought about it to this day, and I've had a hard time disproving him because there's so much you can do with it. You put it on this. You can eat it by itself. You can. It's such a versatile cheese. It's such an amazing cheese. No other cheese tastes like it. Um, it it looks incredible. Yeah, it looks like, it looks like, the honestly, part. You look at a it smells it the part. Smells bewitching. You know, you walk into a room stacked high with um, wheels of, of Parmigiano and you're just like, <gasps> Yeah. But um, I'm not saying you might not have one that you like more. Uh, like, look, hey, you don't get thighs like mine without ingesting a ton of fromage. But <laughs> um, yeah, Parmesan, Parmesan seems to have that. It's a story about it. There's a romance. There's, oh, 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 when um, I'm thinking in my brain of dudes in aprons usually they have bald heads and they they pull out a big wheel of parmesan which takes their oh, and they put the linguine in it to to pull out and they put is that what it's called the coring thing like the, oh yeah 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 they put like a metal thing that looks like an apple core into the parmesan and then they pull it out and then they flake it away and then they taste it and then there's usually some sort of accordion music or whatever and the Mm. In the background, and everyone's going ooh, ah, ooh la la. Um, you don't get that with a with brie. No. Um, you don't get that with um, feta. Well, this isn't a perfect opportunity to plug our email address. Yes. Why? Why? Because we're going to have the French write in and say why they think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there's better French cheese. Yeah, camembert. I, I think they would. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they go for something else. But you know, maybe they just. Maybe they're like, oh, well, you know. You don't understand. We don't understand, and you know, we don't care. Is that my daughter outside crying? <laughs> yes, it is. Is it really? No, she no, that was a there. kid. She's that was fine. another Leave kid. The, do do what the um. What, what is it the people in Lapland do? They leave their children outside in the cold in their bassinets, you know, just to... What's Lapland? It's, isn't it north of Finland or something? Lapland oh. with the reindeer? Oh. You know, Lap... Maybe. Oh, God. No, I thought that was Siberia. I don't know. Somewhere. Somewhere in the land of Lap um, where it's snowy and there's reindeer and where people leave their children, like, in their pushchairs and bassinets outside... I mean, they, they're rugged up, of course, yeah, yeah. in the weather so that the kids get seasoned to the cold. Well, it's a thing. We like, have and things. that's what you're doing with your daughter, and I, and I, and it's a real northern. I leave her outside. Thing. You just leave her outside, and all, all power to you. I mean, there's windows, you can see her. She's fine. You know, passers by are tapping her on the head, um, taking well, photos like, of her. Like, what uh, about that? Manish told me that. There are babies in India who can handle spice more than Kiwis can. There are two-year-olds in um, China that can stir-fry. I thought you were going to fire. I thought you were going to say build iPhones, but well, they, well, that's what they do in their in their spare time. <laughs> but that's their steady gig. Yeah, that's their steady gig. But you know, in their spare time, when they're in their in their fun time, they stir-fry over an open flame. Um, they know exactly what ingredients to use, and they just um, and they and they and they dish it up too. Okay. Maybe I'm exaggerating. I have a change of topic here. Maybe this is where we'll this probably drag us out for a while, but maybe we'll eventually end. Um, 
I decided to diss the hot takes and not really go. Because I'm in the Christmas spirit. I don't know if I told you that. Have you got hot takes? I don't even remember. I just wrote down hot takes, and I don't even know what they are. Um, I wanted to talk about Hawks Bay a little bit as an outsider's perspective. Okay, and, um I wrote down some things. Okay. Uh, L.A. or San Diego in the 60s. Is what Hawks Bay is now? It feels like that a little bit to me in a different kind of way. Population-wise, economy-wise, creativity. The problem is there's not the rest of North America around it. There's <laughs> not a little island, South Pacific. But it does have, Isolated. you know, that little bit of that kind of vibe to it, right? Yeah, it, it, it has that, um, it, it has that kind of... Um, creative up-and-coming pureness about it yeah and i wrote due to population growth nature of humanity nature of new zealand but to me it feels like maybe like the it could be like a bit of the canyon scene in the 70s but with no um again no continent around it Are that you high? i probably was when i wrote this <laughs> Well, no, I'm not going to go back. No, I think it's just, uh, do you know the canyon scene in the 70s? Like, the uh, canyon? Like L.A. Canyon. Yeah, like, like the, where people go hiking. Yeah, yeah, but the canyon scene in the 70s is like um, uh, Jackson Brown. Um, oh, music. Music. Oh, sorry. No, I don't know. Yeah, so that's like, uh, who came out of the canyon scene? Okay, let me like, just Google. Can I yeah, yeah, you, you'll find. There's a whole like, you know. Uh, Do I just go Canyon scene? Yeah, yeah. L.A. Okay. Canyon scene. Can- Seventy. C a n y o n. Canyon. Oh, Canyon. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, who else would be in there? Uh, Joni Mitchell. Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown. Laurel Canyon. Laurel Canyon. Yeah. That's the place. Huh. Okay. Here we go. An oral history of Laurel Canyon. Hopefully, that's not. Um, not no, I'm not saying graphic. we have the music out of it, but um, yeah, Joni Mitchell, def- oh, yeah, and Zappa, and all of that. I get it. Yes, yeah, I. I it's yeah. more of the lifestyle I'm talking yeah, the, about the, than the people, the Hollywoody people that would have house parties and yes. lots of music and lots of art, and so um, I can't. Yes, I do. I do get it now. I'm sorry for being so ignorant. We just have more um, surfers. The whole Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young thing. Absolutely. The Ventura Highway type carry on. Ventura the, Highway. The, yeah. Um, the Venturia Highway carry on. Carry I guess. on. It was a carry on. That whole gimmick. That whole, <laughs> that whole, that whole chestnut. Yeah. Um, that was, who sang that? America? No, Chicago. Uh, America, yeah. Well, uh, Stephen Stills, I think. Still, was, yeah. 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 Um, I want to say James Taylor and Carol King. Carol King was, um, she was in. James Taylor. That was another. James Taylor was kind of out that way, but. Do you know what? That was my, my mum's other obsession was James Taylor. I don't sure, every mine as well. Um, Carol King was part of um, the New York, um, the Brill Building in New York, which yeah. is where all those songs, millions of songwriters came out of. She was a songwriter for other people and then finally mm. decided to put out her own album. And, and, that's it, the thing and that it was like 10 amazing songs. So Tapestry. Tapestry. Hmm. Um, 
I keep seeing things on Instagram where there was like a tribute concert for her tapestry and everything else. And there's she, all these from, amazing I think she's artists pretty fit that, and okay. Oh, she's young. Yeah, like yeah, she's, yeah, you yeah. know, she's not, she was incredible, mm. but all these amazing artists were doing covers of her songs. Because she's got the best songs. <laughs> the best songs. She's an Were the Eagles Canyon? They kind of were, but they were like the commercial put out of the canyon, you know? I think they were like See, the most motivated canyon guys. Yeah. They probably did less drugs. Because I, again, the Eagles. I know every word, every. Mm. So my dad was big Eagles. But here's the, here's the crazy kind of dichotomy. So while my parents, like my mum was Dolly Parton and Pop and, and stuff, but she also liked James Taylor, my dad was big on the Eagles and bread. Oh, yeah, I don't know much bread, but I and always hear that. And Crofts. Summer breeze. Yeah. Makes me feel fine. You're losing me now. I mean, I know that song. Yeah, yeah. Seals and Crofts. Must be Canada. Wow, 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 wow. Dazing a few soundtrack for me. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. All right. I don't know. Just, you know, throwing it out there. Into it? That's probably, like you said, it's probably high. Uh, you don't want to go too deep on this. I will say this about, um, for all you, uh, folks, cause I'm on, uh, Reddit watch, by the way, you brought up Twitter earlier. Twitter X. was, Twitter was super toxic before and really yeah. frustrating, but and fun it's even more now. And now it's like just a disaster. It's terrible. It's just, it's, everyone's just going dumpster fire emoji. I mean, not emoji memes whenever they talk about it. Now it's like, I can't even navigate it. I don't even know what's happening anymore. And I'm not, so I don't engage that much cause I just don't want to, but like, anyway. Um, but what I was going to bring up was, uh, New Zealand has a new government, right? Which everybody's kind of, which everybody's going, oh, geez. Yeah, but we I, didn't vote for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, what is this? Yeah, yeah what this is sounds th- good, but not that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. So I will say this. No matter what your uh, political beliefs are, it is sometimes, like, it's going to be okay, everybody. It's going to it's gonna be messy. Oh, thanks, Dan. It's, it's going to be is messy. Really? But just remember this. It is pretty fun to be on the other side because you can... C- complain Script the whole time. Hero now pulls out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I just. Do you know what? I guess the thing is, I was so proud of our country, but then, but then there's this dichotomy. You know, I was so proud of our country. I thought, and the world was saying amazing things about New Zealand and about our leadership and everything, and we were like, yay! But then people that didn't feel the same way I did were like, boo! You know, this is New Zealanders going to the going to the dogs it's terrible and now and so many people voted for change for change's sake and and people are like yay we're gonna get new zealand back on track and the rest of the world is looking at what's happening going new zealand the fuck yeah what are you doing so i have a take on this so um it's hard as a uh I'm glad we covered it earlier. As the our political analyst, mm-hmm. uh, anal, an, our our political analyst here yeah. on the uh, um, analyst, I because I part of the reason why I got ended up in the EU was because I went to undergrad in DC, yeah. and I accidentally took a political science class. Accidentally, that was 
always wanted to take it. Not really. Didn't what didn't want anything to do with American politics, but anyway, I met twice at, uh, because I worked right next door to the Palm Restaurant in Dupont Circle, aka the Fruit Loop. I'll tell you about that another day. What? Uh, uh, this guy, James Carvel, who is like one of the biggest... I know that name. Oh, you might know him because he was in the movie Old School <laughs> against Will Ferrell in the uh, pol- politics. Any Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. Yep. But he's That's a it. huge... He was he was Bill Clinton's campaign manager, and then he was in the White House with Clinton. And and, and now nowadays, he's, uh, he's on TV, you know. Do you know there are people that... Um, don't know who Bill Clinton is. <laughs> no, they, weren't, they weren't even born. I know that are listening now. And they're listening now. Well, anyway. they go up and do, use your Googles and, uh, you know, listen up or, or research. So uh, they call him the Raging Cajun, right? And he was this uh, Democratic uh, genius political guy, you know, who was like, and his wife was actually a Republican and she worked for the other side. They were like this weird couple in D.C. Wow. It was one of those things where you go like, are you guys all in the same? Yeah, but you know, we've had that in Hawke's Bay with the Anna Lork and, um, and um, oh my goodness, Catherine um, Wed scenario. Oh, are they like partners, old buddies? Best friends. I didn't um, even know that. Well, yeah, and Anna Lork. Oh, scoop. Let me know. Yeah, Let so me, tell Anna me. Anna um, you know, MP for up until this recent election, yeah. Labour Party um, MP for Tuki Tuki, which is our electorate. Yeah. And um, and her ex business partner and Jane ran against very, her. Very close friend. I had and no idea. The National Party candidate and won this year, and completely blindsided. So crazy, crazy stuff. Very formidable, both of those two women. Very and incre- <laughs> oh my god! Like I looked up. Ferociously intelligent woman, incredible yeah. women that are just. We need more women like that. I looked up, uh, I was like, oh, who's this Catherine Wedd? And I looked it up and I was like, Jesus, you've done some stuff, yeah, you know? Some stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and I've, I've had... Uh, two um, of them in an office, not, not having the same politics, but wanting to try and support each other. And then when everything got real big, it was like... Yeah, wow, I had no idea. Uh, but it makes sense. Yeah. Well. Anyway, James Carvel said... The mo- I think the most important line in political history, at least my politi- my lifetime, it's the economy, stupid. That was his line. Have, good you, line. have you ever heard that? Yes. Everybody, oh, this is happening. I think this was during the maybe Bush 2 election. I don't remember yeah. what it was. And he said... Everyone blaming inflation for everything. Inflation, hello, New Zealand. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's not just us. It's the whole world. It's the economy, stupid. Yeah. So global economy. So all the policy stuff that you want to go back and forth on, everybody panicked and voted a different way. or Because there's a lot of people in the middle. There's a lot of like 40, 60% maybe at any given time are just yeah. like, I'm going to vote this way or that way. People voted for Barack Obama like millions of people voted for Trump as well. The same people. Yeah, crazy. And it's it was just the economy. That's it. That's it. They go they at the end of the day, they go am I going to feed my kids? Am I going to be able to pay my mortgage? Am I gonna, and they don't think about all the other hot topics that we we think are important. Like I think are important, you think are you know, and you probably have your thing, but I think what what New Zealand is going through right now and we we're recording this um in the uh, in the second week of December, 
Um, yeah, Winston of, might have a ho hostile well, takeover by the time this release. Was, uh, you know, we, we voted for MMP, mixed mixed member, mixed martial mixed martial arts, um, <laughs> mixed member proportional, whatever it is. Um, and this is what happens: is that people go, oh, "I want to vote for X party based on their policies," but they don't realise that that party needs to then team up with much smaller parties that have much more crazy right wing. Um, views on things, and they or left wing, or left wing, and they need to be fair. And yeah, it. Um, and so they suddenly get into government, and now all these things that weren't talked about yeah. in the campaigning, all these things that people did not actually vote for, yeah, are being swept in, yeah, because. That's the government, and it's taken people by surprise. And everyone's like, "What?" And it's like, "Well, unfortunately, that's what MMP, the the election system, brings." So mm. I f I feel me personally. I'm kind of old, classic liberal, mm. free speech kind of. Everybody, everything should be fair and everything. But I do recognize and get let down sometimes. Um, and this is not just New Zealand, but um, about some say left policy whatever you want to call it more liberal policies which i believe in when we don't recognize that if the economy's actually doing pretty good all this other good liberal policies tend to just get going and get passed and everything because people go ah whatever let them have it mm -hmm. but when it gets tight and there's no meat on the bone then people just start voting the wrong not the yeah. wrong way, but the other way, the I would say. Way. And and then Voting you don't and then you don't sake. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then and know. if you don't have like clear definition of what we're gonna do, why we're gonna do it, and if and 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 granted sometimes things happen, it, you know, the market crashes or whatever else and then, you know Yeah, I think um I think the fact of the matter is, is our here in New Zealand, and I'm really sorry about you know if you're listening to this from overseas, but um, you know our. I think it applies to overseas yeah. too. Like oh, yeah, I, well, I, our, our books, like we you know we were, we were We had a triple A rating yeah. in the middle of a global recession. Our economy, technic on paper, the government books, everything, great. In terms of global measurement terms. But that when you're when you're you know Mr. and Mrs. Three kids, low income or you know struggling stuff, you know you're not. That stuff does not mean anything to you, because you are. It's you know you got to pay your bills, Diana Dells. Yeah, yeah. You're right in front of you. When things are tough, it's about you and your family and yeah. your situation, and unfortunately. The previous government didn't seem to recognise that while you could say we're actually doing really well in comparison to the rest of the world, they didn't kind of do it, they didn't communicate that the right way to, to sort of help people think there's hope. Yeah. And in fact, yeah. people were just, this is really fucking tough. Yeah. So let's have change. Any change has got to be better, and, and whether it is or it isn't, I mean, that depends on your, your view. But, um, and you, you know the the way you lean, but it's also no like, one's going to win. Yeah, also like no one's going to win. We could have a whole other twenty podcasts about why Jacinda had to resign, and that was a, a, a shame for, yeah. and a many many reasons. I won't. I don't want even to go there at this point. But Chris Hipkins is, is just not as exciting. <laughs> 
he didn't well, inspire. You know, I don't think he's a bad guy what or whatever. I'm finding really interesting is that I he did not I'm inspire. Not a, I'm not a massive. I'm not a massive Hipkins fan, although I did like his. Um, you know, when he was walking around Napier in his wraparound shades and his hoodie. You know, when he was deputy. You know, and someone some reporter uh, uh. accosted him, and he was on his morning walk, and he looked like you know a boy racer from Hamilton from ninety from the nineties. <laughs> but um, and it, you know, so you know, hey, I, I like him as a person. I don't know, you know, but he wasn't as uh, he just didn't have the um, the gravitas and the manner. But the thing that is kind of irking me a little bit now is that it, it's almost like he's relishing being in opposition, and he's doing he's. Busting out some incredible speeches, some what did, emotion. What so, did I just say? It's yeah, funner it's, to be on the other side sometimes, well, you know. It's funner for him, but yeah, it's also yeah. like where was this dude? Where was this during the campaign? Yeah, like you know what? But hey, it is, yeah, it a is, purely it neutral stance. You probably you're probably right that he he that? he could have like came out swinging. He could have come out swinging, and he chose not to yeah. because maybe it was him or his advisors said oh no you know because you want to appeal to i know they're damn advisors and you know what i think every what that all played into is the greens yeah Greens got a wonderful massive boost from the disillusioned Mm. you know left labor folk it's dirty, um, this game politics. It's dirty. It was amazing. So the Greens got like 14% or something. Yeah, 15%. yeah. The biggest ever um, election result that 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 the Green Party... Because so many people abandoned, had, yeah. Because so many people abandoned perhaps their true or you know previous, you know, maybe Labour Party leanings to that. I'm okay with that. You know, hey, yeah. could... I'm just kind of sitting here going... You're wearing green. You're all green right now. Yeah, but you know, but I I do. (laughs) I do agree with a lot of their policies. I wouldn't say I'm a card carrying green, but I am kind of impressed with some of the stuff they're saying at the moment and I want to see. I'm curious. I'm curious about what they're going to bring to our political sphere in New Zealand over the coming years. And But there is one thing I think that National are doing, which I do agree with, and that they're pushing for a four-year term. That's a good idea. It yeah. should be five. Yeah, because yeah, you yeah. Cannot, I mean, anyone around the world knows. Three years is crazy. Three years is crazy. You, you literally just start lurching into mm. a policy, and then it's election time, and it gets sabotaged, and it's you can't... Four you years can't in the U.S. Yeah, four years the in the U.S. In the US it's kind of sending five years, I think, is that... And you have to remember, in the U.S., the way it works is... It's staggered by two years. That's right, because of all the... The uh, Congress. The Congress. Yeah. So, in, I'm just kind of thinking as a New Zealander, five years gives you time to create great policy, campaign on great policy, put the policy in place, then start measuring it and communicating the success or the failure and the, hey, we need to change this. I can't believe we just solved the world's problems here and Christmas time. And Happy no Christmas, everyone. Us, I mean, we just give. It's about giving. We really feel that um, this is our, our way of giving. I, I, you know, it is complex out there, but it's, it's okay. We're going to get... It's complex th- out there, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Just be kind. Um, be kind, be understanding, but also, you know, um, get passionate about stuff. Speaking of passion. Yeah. Not that kind of passion. Okay. Passion. Passion. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jesus.
Forgot that was a term, actually. It's a term in New Zealand. I said passion, not passing. Yeah. Which, yeah. Overseas listeners. Passing. French kissing. Ooh. It's COVID. It's the time of COVID. You Get yourself a big joint, right? Or whatever. Whatever your thing is that you or want to do. A couple of paracetamol. Glass. A couple. Do you guys have NyQuil here? What do you, what do you guys do? No. For, yeah, this shit's awesome. Regulatory pharmaceutical framework that makes sure that we don't take crap yeah like sure that's gonna that's gonna what have a, make a pee problem in, in new zealand <laughs> Isn't there like night, what, there's night quill for nighttime and day quill, day quill is the, the most daytime. cracked out shit ever i haven't taken that stuff i remember trying it when i was like in probably in high school or something and even then when i was like give me any drug or high that you could come my way i was like i ain't doing this shit anymore that stuff is like legalized speed bowling or yeah, something yeah, yeah. In, in, in america you can forgive me if i'm wrong i don't know what's in dayquil now in america but the og dayquil was like you were tripping and wide awake at but the same time it. they advertise it oh america i, don't, I think they're uh, can you advertise pharmaceuticals we in new zealand advertise anti-inflammatories well that's fine and we can, and I think we can advertise. Um, I want to say um, maybe erectile dysfunction medication. Oh well, that's important. <laughs> Not well, you know. If it was a, if there was a female option, then yeah. But we, yeah, we don't know. There's not like. Um, oh, and hay fever medication. That's Soldier fine. on with codril and. Well, yeah. Um, no, there's nothing like the amount of advertising of drugs yeah, very, in America. Very, there's not much. So weird. So yeah. weird. Yeah. When you're like watching uh, any sport, like I'll, I'll catch games online or something or I'll watch something or I can't believe, I forget how much advertising there is for drugs. Yeah, we don't really have that much over here. It's insane. We, we don't really have much in the way of advertising for pharmaceuticals. A little bit, I mean, in terms of advertising for alcohol, a little bit. You yeah, know, there's some laws certain, around that. Laws after around a certain that. hour on television, hmm. there's sponsorship. You can have your yeah. logo embroidered it's on pretty, it's pretty rugby loose. players' shorts. Which, you know. What I was going to say is, do yourself a favor and look up the Secret World concert from Peter Gabriel from 1993. Oh my God, I love Peter Gabriel. And just watch what is one of the great bands and dramatic performances in a concert. Just put the headphones on. It's free on YouTube. I'm looking at the YouTube link right now. This could be your evening. I if you have surround sound, do that. Can Peter Gabriel be my dad? He's on tour again. He's got this album called IO or OI. OI maybe. And uh, he's got the same songs produced by two different producers. And it's oh. I've listened to a lot of it. It's beautiful. Speaking of production, though, I, here's, a, here's a fact. Trivia. Um heard this somewhere, read this somewhere, can't remember where. Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. Yep. I believe has the record for being the most produced song. I could believe that. Yeah. So in terms of, you know, just layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of addition to that song. Daniel Lenoir was involved probably. Daniel Lenoir, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think, could be wrong, probably am, 
have been often. It does sound amazing. Sledgehammer. And if you, I just saw a thing with Harry Styles on Howard Stern where he was like, "We got to play Sledgehammer." Oh really? And he was like, "He's like because they recorded in the in the secret world or not secret whatever those studios are the Peter Gabriel owns," and um, and he was like, "We have to play it because." You know, we went in there and the engineers were like, everybody wants to play it. Go ahead, do it. And they blasted it on the speakers and then they learned the song. You, so. can't, you can't listen to that song and not be moved. That's like my, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, karaoke song. I love to do that song, karaoke. Do you? Yeah. Do you really? There's a lot of hip movement and stuff. People it's don't understand what sledgehammer means, you know. Did no, you? They don't. <laughs> including, <laughs> including you. Uh, do you know my karaoke song? Go. Teenage Dirtbag. Hmm. Okay. I belt that shit. Sounds like we need to have a karaoke night. No, no, not for the public. No, 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 not here. Are yeah. no, we not not on this or here yeah, or anything? I, you know, I. I belt that out. Okay. Because it's a it's a great. It's, it's in your range. It's in my range. Sort of, um, but it's also it's the story of an underdog. Yeah, sure, I get you. You know, someone who just has a dream. Mm. He has a dream. Mm-hmm. Visualizes it, manifests it. Manifests it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Happens and and you know, Iron Maiden's in it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's. It's awesome. There's no doubt about awesome. that, you know. But Sledgehammer is more than awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've done that on the bar at my family's bar in Philly. Not the ballet time. bar, the actual bar. No. No. Mm. Not in the condition I was in. I think I think we've done it, by yeah. the way. So this is... Um, the long our, Christmas episode. The long, drawn-out Christmas If you're still with us. <laughs> yeah. Wakey. Wakey, wakey. You can do... Hello. Wake up. I've got a you're on a long you. drive if you're yeah. still with us. Um, thank you for listening. And we have a whole bunch of really incredible, inspiring, um, funny, groovy people lined up to chat to us on Bays of Our Lives. And we can't wait to bring you into 2024 um, with our little stupid, ridiculous chats yeah it's gonna be good just yeah. the beginning just the beginning thanks Dan and yeah your pinot is good you did good oh thanks you did good I busted that 10 year old one out just for for that reason yeah thanks alright oh somebody's calling us now uh, that's a dozen beers for the, for the crew alright ciao okay ballers thanks for listening we are keen as for your comments um, and hey ideas for fantastic folk that could be great for us to interview are always welcome so contact us by email at baseofourlivesmail at gmail.com or message us on facebook or instagram Bays of our lives is biodynamically produced by daniel brennan at decibel wines and whole bunch pressed by yvonne Morgan.